whatever year Christina Aguilera um, put out her song, Come On Over, because there's... Is that it? Okay, yeah. that was a quick answer. <laughs> I um, just saw something about it like three days ago. It's fresh in my mind. Yeah, there's a line. She says, I'm just talking about my sexuality. And they 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 censored the word sexuality. But she says sexuality over like every single syllable. So it would be like, I'm just talking about my Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's where I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Disney, like, I've I've grown. You you haven't. Tonight at 8, 7 central, it's Halloween Town. Barney Cromwell's family can't be normal. Why? Because her grandmother's a witch. Totally. And she lives in Halloween Town, where it's Halloween all the time. Halloween is cool. Well, battling an evil shadow creature is just not normal. Oh, big normal is vastly overrated. Find out more about Marty Cromwell's family's vastly strange powers. Powers? What powers? It's Disney Channel's original movie, Halloween Town. Tonight at 8, 7 central, only on Disney Channel. Hello, and welcome to Deconstructed, the show where the answer is always faith, trust, and a little bit of pixie dust. Aww. Yeah. In this show, we open up the vault to re-examine the pinnacle of made-for-TV feature-length films, the Disney Channel original movie, or DCOM. For those of you who may not know, this is our second episode of Deconstructed that has come out this month. You can check out the first one where we talk about Phantom at the Megaplex on our premium feed. Yeah, so we have a premium feed. If you're listening on the free feed and you're like, hey, I've heard you guys talk about Patreon.com, but like, what is that? So go to Patreon.com slash Debate This Cast. We have a, for $5 a month, we have a a premium feed that unlocks the fourth Tuesday, which until recently was our D&D show for Begorf and the Office Drones. But as of this month, we have launched show number two. That's right. Brand new series number two that we are calling Deconstructed, which Kyle mentioned is a breakdown, a deconstruction, if you will, of Boo. the Disney Channel original Boo. movie. And and if you want to hear more of this without Matt's booing of me, <laughs> uh, go check out our Patreon and pitch. Yeah, like I said, this is our second spooktacular episode of Deconstructed, the first one we did, Phantom of the Megaplex. Uh, This time we're talking the classic 1998's Halloween Town. What a fucking banger. What a fucking banger. (laughs) Truly an S tier, yes. S tier. Let's not give away our bits (laughs) too early, guys. Before we get to the power rankings of, of our decoms that we've talked about, Let's do a quick little plot synopsis. Um, if you've listened to this show in the past, we've done a couple different versions of this, and I think this is the one that's going to stick. Matt, why don't you give us, since you came up with the name for it, why don't you give us a quick rundown of what this segment is called? Wait, do, can we do can we do the, the let's make a deal version of who can get there in the least words? That's the I think that's the game plan, but we're just going to call it Disney Vader Pitches. We're going to call it Disney Vader Pitches because nobody's come up with anything better, and I think it's really good. So we're going to call it Disney Vader Pitches. 
I got it in there three times, naturally. You're welcome. It's not the worst. It's got layers to it. So guys, call out how many words you can summarize the plot in. My Disney Vader pitch is 16 words. Oh, shit. I was at 20. (laughs) I'm at 25. I'm I was going to wing it. It was going to be more than all of those. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Andrew, you wing it. I'll count. Yeah. Girl finds out she wizard. Oop. Maybe not. (laughs) 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 You wasted a word on (laughs) ride bus. Go to movie theater. Turn on lantern. Kid from Hey Arnold. (laughs) What the hell? By my count, that was 21. Perfect. Nailed it. Nailed it in one. All right. I didn't optimize mine in the same way like I could have mid-maxed this, but... You used complete sentences. (laughs) Real sentences. Real words. Yeah, Yeah. sure. You didn't waste a word on oop. (laughs) I feel like I conveyed everything I needed to convey. Why use lot word when few word do trick? (laughs) So the one that I came up with, which is 25 words, and I think is pretty comprehensive, is a grandmother helps her daughter and grandkids reconnect with their roots. Those roots are witchcraft, and the family works together to overthrow the local government. That's better than mine. (laughs) Todd. Yeah. Um, I think I ended up at at 20-something, low 20s. which grandma visits kids follow grandma to spooky town told you defeat evil mayor with the power of friendship because they witches it was like 20 it's like 20 mm-hmm. all right um and here's mine at 16 estranged grandparent kidnaps her grandchildren and takes them over state lines to ensure her bloodline continues very good <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. (laughs) I mean, the whole movie did have the energy of, I'm solely here to plant the seed that your kids are going to be witches. Yeah. Do you remember when we talked about Gilmore Girls and we, Kyle and I revealed the strange uh, keeping the bloodline pure bit? Yeah. I, there were a few points, there were a few points in the movie where I was like, this has weird Gilmore Girls vibes. Yeah. You know, the the mother rejects the lifestyle of of her parents only for her daughter to um, re-embrace that lifestyle. Yep. Yeah. Gilmore Girls and Halloween Town. Same thing. So, guys, regardless of all that, our next segment is Let's IMDb It. Because we don't have a better title for that yet. Um, and also because when I watch anything now, I have IMDb open the whole time and I'm constantly checking where we've seen, may have seen these other actors and actresses and guys, we've got a big one. Yeah. Are you talking about Debbie Reynolds? Yeah, I am talking about Debbie Reynolds. You mean the unsinkable Molly Brown? The unsinkable Molly Brown, mother of, uh, Carrie Fisher. Yes. Debbie Reynolds. Did, wait, Todd, did you not know that's Carrie Fisher's mom? I did not. I I, I had either. no idea. Really? I did not know that either. Yes. Really? Yeah. That's like, yeah. like factoid one that comes up in every Carrie Fisher biography. It's like, yeah, negative. If you look at them side by side, it's kind of crazy how similar they look. TH. They look very similar. 
I honestly saw the unsinkable Molly Brown, which is like a family favorite of of my household. Of the growing Todd, up. Fa- the Thomas uh, family, the, the Thomas, the Tom, Thomas household, uh, famously into the unsinkable Molly Brown. Um, mm. And so that's like a pretty wild. Like she is Molly Brown. This is more of a deep cut IMDb poll. There's another Star Wars connection in this movie. The director was an editor on Return of the Jedi. He was one of five, four credited editors for Return of the Jedi. Interesting. My yeah. other fun IMDb poll from this one is um, Kenneth Choi. So he's listed as hip sales creature. Yeah. Which is the, the, the broom, broom salesman. salesman. Yeah. Um, that guy's in the MCU. That That's going to be my fun game to play as we go oh. through DCOMs is like, oh, cool. mm-hmm. which of these nerds ended up in the MCU. But uh, definitely. Um, he's- He's the principal in uh, yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. So he's the principal in Spider-Man, but he is also one of the Howling Commandos in right. Captain America. Because he plays yeah. his own character's grandfather. Right. Yes. Right. right. Yep. Um, I am partial to uh, the kid that plays Luke, the Shrek, the Shrek yeah. reverse. He, he was the voice of Arnold in Hey Arnold. Okay. Really? Yeah. He was also... He played um, young Christopher in an episode of Gilmore he did Girls. Play. <laughs> Speaking of Gilmore Girls, he was young Christopher. Yep. Wow. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. I always think it's interesting to look back at some of these folks and like see the hard stop in their career. And he really? is one of them. <laughs> you know, it was like he hit 2003 and was like, I'm done with this. The mother was in Armageddon. The mother was and- in Armageddon. Played the mother played April O'Neil in the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That was the other. Hmm. That was the other good pull. Yeah, she looked very familiar, but I couldn't. I couldn't clock what I. I'm seen thinking her. that's it. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was definitely that time where if you were an actress, you were very lucky to get a film role and then a bunch of smaller parts. And she got Armageddon and then DComs. Speaking of only doing decoms, the the brother Joey Zimmerman, the actor who plays Dylan, the the brother, always the, the brother, brother. The absolutely brother. the little brother, didn't make it out of uh, the year two thousand with an acting career outside of the Halloween Town sequels. He's right. he's teaching he's teaching social studies with Biff Tannen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I'm just going to guess looking at some of the other stuff that he was in. I'm going to guess he played either little brother or nerdy high school student. Like those are mm-hmm. that's what you got. Played that character, played proto Sheldon Cooper in everything. I'm I'm positive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Proto Sheldon Cooper is a really upsetting phrase. I get it. <laughs> I agree, but I don't like it. Yeah. Right. Who wants to do our, our big fun? Where are they now? Who wants to talk about where Marnie is? What Marnie's up to. Well, the fun bit with Marnie, Kimberly J. Brown, is she recently got married to the bad guy from Halloween Town 2, who was Cal, yeah. who I think is Mayor's son. I believe. Yeah. I, it's been a while since I've seen the second hmm. one. Yeah, I haven't watched. So that's I fun. watch Halloween Town every year. I haven't watched Halloween Town 2 in 20 years. I didn't know there was a Halloween Town 2 until we started talking about this. There's a whole ding dang franchise. There's a Halloween Town extended oh. universe. I guess not extended <laughs> universe. It's just three, three sequels. Kimberly J. Brown also. I think there's two primary Disney Channel pipelines. There's the Disney Channel star two 
Christian movie pipeline. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. there's the Disney Channel star to uh, daytime TV pipeline. And Kimberly J. Brown is definitely of the latter uh, because she went on to be like she went on to be a, in a lot of Guiding Light and oh. uh, a couple other ones I remember. And that was like kind of all that she d- did. Looks like she's done a couple things like most recently. She was also like General Hospital. Yeah. So like mostly like daytime TV stuff. Some like small made for TV movies, but like not a ton. Um, I mean, I didn't watch it, but uh, Judith, uh, Judith uh, Hogue, H O A G H O A, yeah, Hoag. I don't know what that last name is, but uh, not that I watched the series Nashville, but she was in 40 episodes of Nashville, so I'm guessing that she played oh. a fairly prominent character in that. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what she was. I think she must have been like a sister or something. Tandy I, Hampton. I did you, Andrew? Did you did you watch I watched Nashville? Nashville. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. It it was a pretty good show. I liked it. It was a pretty good show. Yeah, yeah, she was forty episodes over five years. It jumped the shark like season three. Everyone started dying pretty quickly. So it got a little silly. They but... looked in the camera and they said, "That's Nashville." <laughs> That's Nashville, baby. <laughs> was that the Hayden Penetier vehicle? That was the Hayden Penetier one. Yeah, okay. where she was um, a, a country uh, star, Carrie Underwood. She's supposed to be Carrie Underwood. Yeah. Right? Save yeah, the yeah. country star. Save the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. You got it. We are going to take a quick break here soon. But before I kick it over to that break, guys, did anything stand out to you as placing this movie squarely in 1998, the late 90s? The one that stood out to me was the Jerry Springer yes. re- reference on yeah, the bus. that's good. And in that same similar breath, they made some remark about like, oh, having a reception at the Moose Lodge or something. And, yeah. and, and I was like, well, Moose Lodge isn't necessarily a dated thing, but considering that as a social outing, that does feel a bit more dated. There were a lot of like, oh, we don't, we don't have those anymore mm-hmm. um, in that, mm-hmm. but nothing that was like squarely like, ah, yes, this is in the late 90s, quite as much as the Jerry Springer reference. Right. The the entire broom salesman sequence also felt very late 90s and felt very ripped off by Harry Potter later. Just everything about mm. that. I was like, this did this before Harry Potter. There is a lot of Harry Potter here and... There's only so many ways you can mix those ingredients, though. Yeah. Like, I get it. And honestly, yeah. I would say maybe this is bold of me, right? But like, I would say that there's not a lot of Harry Potter. I think there's a lot of like commonality as far as like kid with magic. Go learn yeah. magic at place. But there's there's a lot of Harry Potter in that it takes the same inspirations from Harry Potter in that sure. it's a shonen anime and you can't change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> it like the Diagon Alley stuff from Harry Potter, the early Diagon Alley, where it's like, look at how normal humans misunderstood these normal parts of magical life. Um, that's very Harry Potter. And then, yeah, the brooms like updated for the 21st century is also very well they they merged a bit of of, i guess two different characters to do not only here is a magical leader mentor who ends up being a bad guy but also this man banged your mom this guy super banged your mom and he's gonna be a bit of a bad guy calabar totally banged their mom yeah super banged their mom yeah well i want to talk more about that but i don't think that's here i think that's later (laughs) We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about 90s commercials. All right, we're back. What'd you guys think 
Um, this is the first time we're doing the commercial break segment in this show. We uh, had some classic 1998 ads for you guys to listen to. So, listeners, Kyle gave us homework. He gave us like 30 minutes of of commercials to to watch. And the biggest thing that stuck out for me were things that both Andrew and Matt uh, called out in our little private discord. And I want to say the, the most upsetting one or unbelievable one is that the Bugs Life trailer paid for the who? Yeah, yeah. the Bugs Life trailer had Bubba O'Reilly. <laughs> As yeah, it's like as it's. I mean, look, man, that was 1998, the height of Pixar. Like people were still like all over Toy Story. Like, yeah, I mean, it wasn't the height. I think it was just like it was. That was Pixar's second entry. Toy Story was great, but they hadn't cemented themselves yet by Bugs Life. So in the Marvel world now, like the Marvel Disney world we live in, they use a lot of like really popular music, but it usually ties back into the the movie. Yeah. Like, do you mean out here in the fields didn't yeah. do it for you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, they'll do like, you know, Elton John's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road for Ant-Man 3 or The Chain for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. It's only a teenage wasteland is not really a line <laughs> that, like, that nails, you know, Flick's journey to upri- to rise up against Hopper using the power of friendship and circus bugs. And and organized labor. <laughs> Yeah, out here in the fields does hit. Most other things do not. Right. It was definitely a time where your your licensed song pairing could be more, much more literal because that is the only reason they picked that song is for the line out here in the fields right. as ants are harvesting grain. It just was wh- whiplash is a very good description for what I felt seeing that. The version of me that watched that trailer when I was of that age was probably like, what a cool song. Yeah. The version of me now as 36 hearing that snapped me immediately out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I well that was the thing is like I took a minute like, hey, did somebody cut the who over this <laughs> random video of 1998 <laughs> Disney Channel commercials? It was so hard to believe that that was in there. Not as hard to believe as by the fact that it was almost immediately followed by Michael J. Fox talking about his kid chasing a dog. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Can I, I want to tag in real quick. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I, I've watched it. There is a three hour documentary by defunct land that gets into the branding <laughs> of the Disney channel. And I just want to say it's very, very good. And if you anybody listening, including the three of you, have any passing interest in the Disney Channel, you need to watch this All doc. Right. Okay, um, man. Add it to the list immediately. Andrew's, Andrew's yeah. giving us homework. Yeah. It, it talks specifically about the flip from Disney going from a premium cable channel to basic cable. And this uh, is the beginning of yep. the three year, the two to two and a half year uh, change order where. Disney Channel was getting added to cable packages. Man. And I distinctly remember like 1999 just showing it up on showing up on my Comcast cable one day and was like, holy shit. But because of that, they had to ch- change their branding from a channel of Disney movies to its own thing. So this was a to- I we'll get to discussion topics next. I like nixed this whole transformation as a discussion topic. Because the the like occult and pentagram inclusion in this movie mm, felt very yeah. v- felt very like, hey, look, we know we're Disney, but we're cool we're now. 
We're, yeah. we're the cool Disney, and yeah. it all happened around this time. It was yeah. when that moment happened in the show. I, so Shannon was watching this with me, and I go, "Oh shit, that's a legit pentagram. That is a like, pentagram. It's wild. Yeah. yeah, like zoom in on that, everyone." Well, and I, I only bring this up because it's interesting to see like they were clearly gra- they were trying to figure out what like this like ad content was, but they pulled in Michael J. Fox. They put they did an interview with like Celine Dion. It's like 12 year olds don't care about Celine Dion. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, they were just they were clearly trying to figure it out before they could, you know, get the people, the cast of even Stevens to talk about 9-11 three years later because they weren't showing they weren't airing real ads on the mm-hmm. network, but they were producing shows at that 22 minute TV length. So right. they had to fill that air with interviews with Michael J. Fox to promote, PSAs. which yeah. I can only assume was to promote Atlantis. Atlantis was, I'm sure out. it was some, some ABC property, but yeah. like, mm. man. Yeah. And I think that's part of it too. Like some of it's there just to legitimize to yeah. parents, right? Cause this yep. is just kids TV. So 40 ish percent of your audience is going to be kids, parents, and you've got to have some hook that makes a parent think like, "Ah, well, I'll leave my kid with this for an hour. Hence Um, Debbie Reynolds. Yeah. (laughs) And we're back for me. One of the jarring things was I didn't realize how long it would take, but apparently the episode number is two. It took two episodes for us to get a Kirk Cameron sighting. Um, First of of what I assume will be many. Yeah. Definitely. Many Kirk Cameron sightings to come. And honestly, one is one is too many, but I know there will just be more. Because <laughs> it was him in the, the one where he becomes a dog. He gets a you dog. dog. Is that what it was? Yeah. Is that really what that movie is called? Yeah. You lucky dog. It is. Wow. It's mm-hmm. it's it, ju- it. It walked so that uh, I'm thinking of 100 great 100 deeds for Eddie McDowd could run. <laughs> Boy. Wow, dude. Oh, you mean uh proto my name is Earl. Uh, yes. That's just proto my name is Earl. <laughs> Guys, let's get into the meat of the episode here. Um we have all brought a discussion point that we just wanna we wanna make sure we talk about this thing before we wrap our episode on Halloween Town today. Um and I wanna kick it off with mine. When the kids were gathering the ingredients for the spell, did they commit a series of hate crimes throughout the town of Halloween, <laughs> throughout Halloween town? Assault at minimum. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely feels like it. I guess the question is, are... Are you going to say are monsters people right now? Is that what you're about I'm to say? I'm not going to say mon- are monsters people. I'm, I'm more... Are we... Are they all like shared ancestry or are these like different species? Like, are these all like humanoids? Like, are these like folk in D&D? <laughs> like, is it like gnomes and wizards and orcs? Or is this like... Or are all the denizens of Halloween Town just one yeah. species of monster? I get what yeah, you're what I'm saying. I don't know that it matters. I would also say it doesn't matter. What, what was her name? Sadie? The little sister? Sophie. Sa- Sophie. Sophie. Sophie, de- Sophie, Sophie definitely, definitely put on ghost face. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> much like, much like Wu Tang Clan, she put on ghost face. Uh, Good. Good. And then, and then they, then they assaulted a werewolf. Yeah. Stole 
that tooth, and then what was the other? The last the, one. The sweat they, lodge. They, the milked, they milked a ghost. <laughs> they milked that, a ghost. That was, that was the ghost face. That was when Sophie yeah. performed ghost yeah. face. Yeah, he, and was, he like, was like, beat no, it, kid. stop. No, I thought yeah. you were saying when the grandmother showed up with costumes and put the ghost, oh. like, like drapery over her, that that was ghost face. <laughs> no, they masqueraded as dental hygienists and stole a mm. vampire's and tooth. When, yeah, she basically yeah. the little sister was just negging the the ghost <laughs> <Yeah>. until he <laughs> until he was too stressed to do anything about it, which was really funny. <laughs> it was it was a good bit. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely um, hate crime adjacent, and also stealing breaking into a dentist office and stealing a tooth feels like a pretty high level crime. Stealing discarded uh, tissue, yeah, definitely yeah. like a real crime. More yeah. so than the rest yeah. of the things they did. Yeah, and, hard, and hard gross. on yes on this one, Kyle. And gross. Good. I'm glad they're going I'm to they're going agreed. to spooky Halloween jail. They yeah. at least need to make a spooky Halloween apology video. Uh, spooky Halloween <laughs> uh, iPhone uh, note Twitter note apology. Out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, Halloween Town Jail is just like Halloween Town movie theaters, which it's just a normal place in Glendale, California. So <laughs> they'll be fine. <laughs> Uh, so I said a couple of times in this episode, I watch Halloween Town every year, right? And so this year, I was trying to view Halloween Town through a different lens. And something that it boiled down to for me was like, what's the worst thing someone could take away from this movie? Like if Ben Shapiro were to watch this movie and come up with the worst thing he could possibly come up with, what would it be? And I decided that I think this movie's actually about generational wealth. I think the hero of this movie is generational wealth, and I'll get you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, show your work. At the end of this movie, the big showdown is between Calabar and the Cromwell witches, right? And Calabar and Agatha make it pretty clear throughout the movie that this is a Cromwell-level threat, like, this is not an any <laughs> witch can deal with this kind of thing. But there are no other witches in Halloween Town, to be clear. Yeah, exactly. Right. But like none of the other people of Halloween Town are, are capable of doing this. The only people that can solve this problem are Agatha's bloodline. And right. She's been around forever. She's passing her generational power down through her family. And what is Calabar if not? an elected official, you know, like he is just (laughs) trying to take the city in a new direction. And arguably, if there are no other witches in Halloween town, Halloween town's oldest resident is flexing her family's superior wealth to push progressive policies out of the running. (laughs) See, you heard you heard that. And I drew the parallel that that uh, Calabar is. like Killmonger, that he's yeah. like, we're gonna take the war to other yeah. people. Yeah, we deserve the freedom. And up until he started like blasting people, everyone was like, hey, maybe. Well, like I said, I'm trying to take the worst thing. Like, sure, not, sure. this isn't how I saw it. So but... I went, I went more down the path Todd went down, and I ended up the at the conclusion: is Halloween Town an apartheid state? Yeah, that's that's it <laughs> because. <laughs> no, that's that's exactly what it is because if you dive the socioeconomics of Halloween Town are really weird and I couldn't get over this when I was watching it because 
everybody's um everyone's a fun Halloween monster. Some Halloween monsters, quote unquote, are just normal people with dumb costumes that they got in Target. Yeah. But like, yeah, I, again, I understand budgets. But the more important thing is the in the lore, you know, when we when we meet like when we meet spooky spooky mysterious Luke, he's like he looks like a just a regular kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, putting in air quotes again, right? But like he's actually like a, a horrifying Shrek monster. He's a troll, I think is. Yeah, mm-hmm. te- yeah, like technically what he is. All of this is happening. Debbie Reynolds is still just Debbie Reynolds. Right. Debbie Reynolds' yeah. daughter is just still Debbie Reynolds' daughter. All the witches and warlocks are just normal ass people. people. Yeah. Right. Everyone else is altered from the quote unquote the norm in some way. Now I, I I'm not I don't want to this is not me being ableist because they the movie makes it very clear. That being a troll, having like not looking like a human is bad. As as yes. as stated by Spooky Boy Luke. Yeah. Right? Like mm. he wants to look like a human, right? So the movie it is seeing it is setting this to the tone that socially it is less than to look like him. Then you have Calabar's speech, Calabar's rally, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. He throws out that they are like we we have been forced into this less ideal land and we are treated at like second class just citizens, Glendale, California which is just right. Pasadena California um, <laughs> but i think the the case is there that halloween town is an apartheid state and the cromwells are the oppressors i think <laughs> the emerald they miners. definitely are supporting the status quo they are definitely Supporting the status quo. Does that make Marnie Elon Musk? There it is. <laughs> it might. It might. Ew. So let's talk about Marnie. Yeah, let's talk about Marnie. Yeah. Because yeah. I love this movie so much. I had so much fun watching it. I will be watching this every year. And I and I genuinely believe that Marnie is a really good protagonist. Like she she is like the epitome of like special girl with special girl powers. Like mm-hmm. I keep making the joke. It's this is a shonen anime. This is just Naruto. You know. <laughs> yeah. Peak but, peak decom and yes. uh, protagonist for sure. Yeah. Ab- well, 100%. she has she has the annoying younger brother. Checks the box. Doesn't have doesn't have both parents. Tattered tattered relationship with her single mother. Right. Yeah. Like all of the checks are there. That said, though, I could not stop t- asking myself out loud during this movie, hey, is Marnie actually a witch? Because when you look at everything that Marnie presumably does, she either just, she just, I believe that Marnie really, really, really wants to believe that she's a witch. And I love that for her, right? Like, I love that she wants to feel special. That's great. She deserves to feel special. But every time that she does magic, it is either. In tandem with her sister, who clearly does do magic. Yes. Yep. Or it's her sister doing it without her knowing it. Well, let's let's unpack that because I'm thinking the yeah. only time, and maybe I'm wrong, and so correct me or add to this, the only time we see her do magic is in direct and when she moves a cookie to herself, isn't it? The dog. Or is that her younger sister that did that? That's, That's the, the younger, younger sister. sister wants I didn't the see cookie. any magic from Marnie. Here's the major pieces of evidence. So the first one, I believe, um, this has been a, a week, a couple weeks, but they get to Debbie Reynolds' house and they try to like unlock the gate, and Marnie can't do it. And Sophie does it, and she's like, "I was thinking of a frog," and she just turns the lock and turns a frog into a frog. Yep. Yeah, but like the camera pans away, so we, we don't know that, right? So oh, they show the frog on the ground. Yeah, yeah, well, they don't yeah. see that, but we know no, that. Right, but they, right. they don't. Yeah, know that, but yeah. Set it backwards. 
so the the next one, the next major beat was when they're making the potion and Marnie's like, oh, and like we need the more witches, the more power, blah, blah, blah. And you could make the argument either way that like, oh, the two of them combined, like they they brewed the potion, but also like the evidence that I've seen thus far only prove that Sophie's a witch. Mm-hmm. So like Sophie could have easily brewed that. Um the the other main one is at the end when she's got the um torch yep. and she's putting it in the the jack-o'-lantern. I think the movie is supposing that she like forced it, she Star Wars forced it in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she did, maybe she didn't. My point still stands that like even the magic that Marnie maybe does is invisible and it's like very vague. Where everyone else has explicit exactly. displays of magic. Her brother has sparkly hands. Like he's he's got force lightning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a Sith Lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I do think it's worth pointing out that like the the setup of the movie is that Agatha comes to visit Marnie because this is Marnie's 13th Halloween. And if witches don't witch by their 13th year, then they don't witch no more or whatever. And so if this is Marnie's 13th Halloween, both of her siblings are younger. I don't think that she isn't necessarily not inherently magic because the mom says at one point, like you showed signs of magic. Mm -hmm. We just treated Mm. you like we just sent you to a, an immersive schooling experience and <laughs> converted it out of you. They beat it out of her like my dad got beaten out of being left-handed. Like right. yes. She she may have had Yikes, magic, Kyle. more magic earlier, but um the mom yeah. the mom nipped it in the bud and That's a good point. Here on the last days of her ability to access her witch powers, she can only cast cantrips. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Hey, hot hot take real quick. If if it was her 13th birthday, 13th Halloween, whatever, mm-hmm. and suddenly grandma shows up and mom's like, I didn't want you here. I didn't want this. Two questions come from that. One, why didn't you just fucking leave? Why didn't you like <laughs> make <laughs> this? Why didn't yeah. you make this the Halloween that you like, I don't know, went to the other side of California? Yeah, going on a then, cruise. And then <laughs> two, and then two. When mom later is like, I guess I'm going to watch my stories and not look for my kids right now. A little weird. It's quiet. I wonder what my kids are doing. Would you not like put two and two together? Well, Todd, it's time in Halloween town. It's timey wimey. Uh, it right? is timey wimey. Yeah. It could have been an hour. It could have been five days. Who knows? Who's to say? Yeah. Here, here's yeah. a question. This wasn't my discussion question, but the discussion we've had has led me here. How powerful do we think Agatha Cromwell is? Because Calabar talks mm-hmm. to Agatha Cromwell as though she is like like a Baba Yaga level mm-hmm. powerful <laughs> witch. I think she is Baba Yaga. Okay, I was gonna here's, I was gonna put it, yep. say Dumbledore can, level. Can we, yeah, yeah so we might need to get a, a pop up uh, on what the hell Baba Yaga. <laughs> so is. Baba Yaga, uh, ancient ancient old hag, the birth mother of all other hags. Here's my thought: when when in the final duel, she pulls. Some sort of like crow's leg out of her bag to yeah, like she does. To yeah. cast her spell. So she's strapped. She's always yeah. she's always packing. Yeah, I think she's like I think she's she's in it. She's ready. Well, and OK, like let's let's just do the D&D. She had to be thing, blasted right? like three times. I think yeah. I think Agatha is a witch like the main character from Bewitched is. Sure. I don't feel like that's on the same power level. They're they're, they're both illusionists. They both use illusion magic. Hmm. 
I don't agree. Yeah, I disagree. I disagree. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, because like, okay, so Agatha's purse is not only like sentient, mm-hmm. but is also apparently like a bag of holding. Yeah, she's yeah. got the Mary Poppins <laughs> That's bag. That's high level magic. She's That's got true. the sentient bag of holding seems OP. Yeah. Nerf yeah. Agatha. That's pretty high transmutation. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. Which that is a that's a Merlin reference. Merlin had the bag that like filled up with the And she had the Merlin torch. She yeah. may be Merlin level strong. Did Agatha bone Merlin? Is Merlin is Merlin we're, Marnie's we're gonna grandfather? To, we're gonna have to watch three more Halloween towns to find out. <laughs> <to that. laughs> Merlin's Merlin may be Marnie's grandfather. Calabar is definitely Marnie's dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have I have my discussion question, and this is I I know we're gonna say this a lot as we talk about decoms. And so I want to get it out early just on this one because I know it's so good. Were there plot beats? Were they too lazy? And here's my here's my what I've got to say. (laughs) The very first adult male you meet is the bad guy. Let me start with that. No way this man isn't the bad guy. He quite literally hit the scene and I go, oh, that's the bad guy. And Shannon goes, (laughs) Shannon goes, haven't you watched this before? And I go, yeah, like 20 years ago. Literally a stranger offering kids candy is his first introduction. But also the only like human character. Only human adult male. Mm -hmm. It's like when you watch SVU and, uh, you know, and like John Cena shows up. You're like, well, obviously he's like, he's not just that guy's roommate. Yeah, John Cena is unloading flowers from a truck and he's like, I wasn't anywhere last night. You're like, John Cena, you murdered a man and I know you did. With Law and Order, you at least have the plausible deniability of this character might be a red herring Mm because Law and Order does that from time to time too. They want you to think the celebrity is the bad guy. Not in DCOMs. And maybe my job is just going to be the the guy that picks out the really, really obvious like trope they did for plot. But first, grown up adult male hits the screen. Bad guy. Um, also, abandoned theater ends up being where the bodies are stored and no one's asking any questions about that. <laughs> like if you have one theater in your downtown and it's been abandoned for however long and people are disappearing. Go check that abandoned. Go any, check that abandoned. Any yeah. abandoned building. If you have an abandoned yeah. building and people are disappearing, look in the abandoned building first. This is a bigger question, but I have a lot of questions about what are the cops of Halloween Town actually doing? Did we ever see any cops in Halloween Town? We did. We did. Yeah. Who? When? Uh, really early on, there's a cutscene. One walks in front of the camera, um, and it feels a little on the nose. I don't believe it is a pig person. Um, I think it is a goblin, but for a second there was a scrunch nose and I was like, they wouldn't (laughs) not not Disney Channel. No, they wouldn't. I don't know. Maybe some costume designer was just feeling really, really lucky, real lucky that day. (laughs) But yeah, those are my those are my points. Like, I know we're going to talk about more like weird tropes in movies like this, but I was just like, oh, first adult male. There's a bad guy. So to your point, Todd, one, this is a early decom early on in that transitional disney channel phase so um they had they had to call their shots a little more blatantly Mm. because also this was the late 90s and while like media literacy was better than maybe it was in decades prior media literacy was still not what it is today where you immediately are trying to figure out every character's dark motivations the moment they come on screen. Mm-hmm. We hadn't been ruined True. by Tumblr in that regard yet. So 
innocent kids may have just thought the silly man offering candy was a silly man offering candy in a Halloween in a Halloween city. And I I don't know if we were going to talk about it or not, but the Mickey Rooney of this movie is Sophie. Sophie is the Mickey Rooney of this movie. (laughs) Wait, hold on. I would argue that Debbie Reynolds is the Mickey Rooney of this movie. Can you tell me why Sophie is? Sure, you're right. Why don't don't we um, explain that? Because this is on our free feed and not all our listeners may get what we mean when we say the Mickey Rooney of this movie is a small, small girl. I, I forget how we got there. I just wanted to say that Sophie was the Mickey Rooney. That's not anything. You can't just say things. I will. Um, listeners, for reference, in our premiere deconstructed episode that wasn't Brink, we talked about Phantom of the Megaplex, which had the character Movie Mason, played by Mickey Rooney, who, off mic, Matt posited was the representative Walt Disney of the movie. Mm. And Matt is working on a theory that every decom has a representative Walt Disney. Todd is positing that (laughs) That Sophie is Walt Disney and I'm going to stand by it. I want to counter this argument because I wrote down a Debbie Reynolds quote because it struck me so hard. I do think Debbie Reynolds is the Walt Disney and the Stuncast and and simply from the line, dear, dear, being normal is vastly overrated. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so so you and Matt say Debbie Reynolds. Kyle and I say Sophie. It's fine. Nope. No, you haven't shown your work yet, Todd. Sounds like two Sophies and a Debbie. Let me let me <laughs> say let me say the needle ha- maybe the needle hasn't tipped yet, and if you show your work, you could tip the needle to. Well, to Walt your Disney way, was known for magic and wonderment, and Sophie turned a lock into a frog. No, Debbie Reynolds doesn't do it for me. Had a had a sentient purse. No, De- Debbie Reynolds. Brought up the magic of movies early on. In oh, the never mind. Then. Sure okay, did. I I changed yeah. my mind. That's then the thing it. Andrew said, and little known, little known behind the scenes fact: chain smoked every minute she was not on camera. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the trifecta. Yeah, I, um, I will go. I will go on record. Glendale baby. If, Glendale baby. <laughs> if a if a character talks about the magic of movies, that is the Walt Disney insert. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. undeniable, and I will yield to that. All right. We won over Todd. We beat Todd. We all won together. All of us with our opinion. <laughs> equally. Yep. Equally we won. Yes. Um, so we're going to, we got a few more boxes to check here before we wrap up this episode today. Uh, the next one should go pretty quick. Uh, guys, is Halloween Town a boy movie or a girl movie? And for those of you who need an explanation here, it's Disney. It's the late 90s. Gender stereotypes are still being strongly reinforced, even as we get a throwaway line bucking gender traditions in the occasional movie. And it's not if the it's not just the protagonist. Like, yes, the protagonist yeah. is, a, is a girl. It's yeah. it's is this is this movie a Hot Wheels or a Barbie? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Is it a Hot Wheels or a Barbie movie? I'm going to say I we talked in Phantom of the Megaplex that Phantom of the Megaplex is strongly a boy movie, a Hot Wheels yeah. movie. And Andrew, you were the only one who had watched Halloween Town for this at this mm-hmm. that point. You said Halloween Town is neither. It's a a non-binary. Movie. Yeah, and I I think I'm going to I'm going to double down and say this is a Halloween Town is a Barbie movie. And I think there's there's got to be a spectrum, right? But 
the reason why mm. I've thought about this and I, and I think where I've landed is it's it's a Barbie movie because of the nature of the protagonist and their their parent. Phantom of the that. Megaplex, the the boy is is like all focused on while while both of these protagonists are like having the like oh I'm, I'm come on mom I'm already an adult kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One is Phantom of the Megaplex protagonist is all about like fantasy, male fantasy, whereas Marnie is more like I think about a lot the the line where she was like, "Oh, I have déjà vu all the time. I must be a witch." And and like that like very very real kid fantasy of something that is pretty common that everybody yeah. deals with being a trigger to like, Oh, like I don't feel, I sometimes I feel like I'm not normal. Like I'm a little unusual, you know, I, I mean? get picked on at school. Yeah. I'm, I'm still waiting for my Hogwarts letter. Yeah. And, and it's, mm. and it's that it's, it's your wizard, Harry three, three years before or two years before. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But I, I think at the end and, and that, and then the, what I said in our last episode was the resolution between her and her mom was not like, Again, she's yeah, she had kind of a hero's journey, but it was more that like, mom, I understand you and yeah. I understand like I understand what you've gone through and like I'm sorry for diminishing it and then mom being like, no, I understand like they came to a, a collective agreement and it was like we understand our relationship each other better and like yeah. now we are going to have a more adult relationship, which I I think is Barbie. I think that's a Barbie. Um I will also throw my hat into this is a Barbie movie. a a girl movie camp um similar reasons but more focused on one marnie's arc marnie's like i want statement is ultimately a quest for her own agency she wants to be able to go out on halloween with her friends without her mom that's her like i want statement from the beginning of the movie and all of the rest of that is her figuring out she is capable. She can do it on her own. Where Phantom of the Megaplex, everything he wanted was male fantasy, male power fantasy. He wanted to save the day. He, yeah, he 100%. um, you know, slaps shotted gumballs into trash cans rather than just <laughs> fixing the problem. He wanted to do it in the coolest way possible. Solid boy movie uh, arc for that. Um, the other argument I have for Halloween Town being a quote unquote girl movie is the tension besides the like straightforward a plot defeat the evil wizard tension is mother and daughter not like you said andrew mother daughter don't understand each other um through three generations which is yeah just Mm -hmm. a force multiplier on the girl movie plot line that Mm -hmm. said on the spectrum of like i don't know what our what our exemplar boy movie will be for now. We'll say it's Brink. Yeah. I think Brink, yeah. And yeah. and like Cheetah Girls being our exemplar exemplar girl movie, it falls somewhere in the middle. It's definitely yeah. more towards the center of that spectrum. Everyone can enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm I'm Team Barbie. Yeah. Here's kind of a wild posit. Is it less boy movie versus girl movie and more about is is the end goal feeling good or looking cool? Because those seem like the two <laughs> options to me. I think you're saying the same thing. Yeah, we're that's a very yeah. good rephrase of the mm-hmm. question. Yeah, yeah. You're rephrasing yeah. the question. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> then we got there, everyone. 
Yeah, I was Kyle hit the last things I was going to say is that the the crux of this whole movie is a three generation matriarchal relationship. Yeah. 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 The Gilmore Girls. The Gilmore Girls. Fuck. <laughs> and is the is Gilmore Girls a coven? Is that what we're talking about now? Is that what this I is? I mean, they may not. It they might, they it might isn't be. not. Yep. Isn't not. Oh. All right. So, gentlemen, we have now watched three DCOMs, three Disney Channel original movies. We have ranked two of them. Number one, we have Brink. Number two, we have Phantom of the Megaplex. <laughs> the gap between first and second. <laughs> Sizable. Pretty, pretty steep cliff there between one and two. Um, where are we going to put our third movie? Halloween Town, and we need to we need to not maybe not reach a unanimous consensus, but we need to reach a consensus on all of these. I had just so much fun watching this movie, and I hate to say it, and Matt's going to be really upset. It might be an all brink to me for me. No, I mean I'll be honest. Like I think I might go the same way as far as like quality of movie goes. Yeah. I would. I would say that Halloween Town objectively is a better movie than Brink is. They both hold up really well. They do. And I'll tell you, I think what does it for me is that, like, I really hate Brink's dad. Like, I really (laughs) hate Brink's dad. And I don't super hate Marnie's mom. Like, she comes around. She's just doing her best, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm also in the camp that Halloween Town edges out Brink here. We've talked about it. There are three more movies. Halloween Town's got some lore to it. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it just has, like, yeah. the extra oomph that uh, Brink doesn't quite have. But that's not a knock on Brink. It's just Halloween Town's really good for a decom. Yeah. I didn't watch Brink when you all did that episode. I could not be there. And I haven't watched Brink in 20 years. And... <laughs> After watching this movie, I'm going to go with what Andrew said. Like, it was just good. Yeah. Aside from me being like, well, that's lazy writing. But then having to remind myself like, oh, this is also the 90s. And this is them trying it out. Yeah, I'm good with that. I'm good with making this like the crown jewel for now. All All right. right. Add it to the big board. Halloween Town. New number one. New number one. Hell yeah. I can easily see this becoming a yearly rewatch that mm-hmm. isn't yeah that's a like early pick in my yearly holiday rewatches not a like well i got another week till halloween i watched all the good <laughs> movies let's find something else which ends up happening to me for a lot of my like traditional christmas movies um yeah this sure. is this is gonna like an early halloween viewing every year i can definitely see this becoming because it is a good it is a legitimately good children's movie we have our last segment of the day guys matt hinted at it um a little earlier this is a disney movie it has a moral however that moral may uh if you if we peel the layers back a little bit that moral may not be what disney wants it to be so guys what did we learn today can i go first please yeah um assault theft and violating medical records is completely permissible if you've got a real good reason. 
I'll, I've got one. Um, it doesn't take powers to be a hero, even if you think you have powers. <laughs> <laughs> you can work with a domestic terrorist and everyone will forgive you if you're ugly enough. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Um, that's a little bit better than mine, which is separate but equal works as long as the right people are in charge. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. This one is too spicy for the main feed. <laughs> Look, that, that's just what I learned watching mm-hmm. Halloween Town. That's yes. what Disney Channel told Kyle. That is what that's Disney right. Channel told me. It's not my necessarily my views, but it's, it's what I what I learned from watching Disney Channel. Kyle just agrees with Kirk Cameron on a couple of things. On more things <laughs> than I thought I did before I watched this movie today, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, thank you for staying tuned. Thanks for listening. That is going to do it for this month of Decomstructed. Thank you for listening to the free Spooktacular Express feed of it. Uh, please, if you liked this, go check out our episode on Brink, and our episode on Phantom of the Megaplex. And please join us next month where we will be watching a movie for the troops. Because it's Veterans Day next month. Because it's Veterans Day. And you could do that at patreon.com slash debate this cast. Thank you. Thank you. I'm your host, Kyle Harper, and I give Halloween Town four out of five assaults on Halloween monsters. Uh, I'm at Cole I give Halloween Town 7 out of 8 use 1998 Toyota flying brooms I'm Todd and I give Halloween Town 1 out of 1 creepy mayors giving children candy uh, and I'm, Hend- I'm I can't say my name I'm Andrew Henderson and I give Halloween Town 1 soundstage from Back to the Future out of 1 that's the show I don't have a sign off. <laughs> Bye. Hey, wait, I got, I got a good assault. A werewolf. Call that a lichen grope. No. Oh that's, man. That's pretty good. That, there it's it is. pretty good. That's our sign off. <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs>